depths of my key. I can hear his heart beat quickening. In my darkness, he has set me free. Now I hear the Spirit calling me. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. Such a time Generation. 
generation. Here we are, God. Shake our nation. All we need is your love. You captivate me. Come on, sing it. This is the anthem of Shake our nation, God. Shake our nation. All we need is your love. You captivate Come on. This is the anthem of Here we are, God. Shake our nation. All we need is your love. the Lord saying, all of you check your clock. So what time is it for you, he says? What time are you in? Are you in the now time? God says, that's my time. Are you in this season? Or are you hanging back in the past? Are you ready to go forward? with the things I've planned for you? Or are you just waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering what to do? Don't you know what time it is? It's my time. It's my time. It's my time to shine through you. 
because that's exactly what I want to do. And some of you are waiting for the go-ahead sign. Well, I'm telling you today, I'm giving it to you. It's time to arise. It's now time. It's destiny time. It's royalty time. Don't you know who you are? Have you forgotten all the power I've placed in you? It's time. It's right now time. Quit waiting for something to happen in the future. Quit looking back at what was in the past. It's time now to act. Right now is your time. Every one of you. God says each and every one in this room, you're anointed for this season. I have just turned the page. You have stepped into something new. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to embrace it? Are you going to walk in it? Are you going to love it? Are you going to learn about it and learn about me? What is it you're going to do with what I'm doing right now? Do you just want to sit down and look and decide for yourself? Or do you want to stand up and say, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm in the now time. I'm in the Kairos generation. The time that God is moving and declaring and changing and moving us into a brand new spot. You see, the other spot was really comfortable, but it's done. Let's step over here, God says, into what I have now, because it's a now time. It's a now day. Embrace what I have for you.
Ezekiel 47. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water has risen, had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Nowhere in this passage did he set a boundary line that you couldn't come out to the depth that you chose to. He set no boundary line there, no marker saying you can't come in here, you can't come any further. You go into this river as deep as you choose to seek his presence. Yes, we're enjoying the presence of God all through this place. And remember, we were each selected and taken apart out of the world to come and enjoy his presence. And uh, I think we need to be reminded of that. I'd uh, like to read a passage from uh, John 17. I'm going to start from verse 11. And this is in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's before the, he's even arrested. Jesus is praying for his disciples, and he's also praying for us. Starting in verse 11. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those who you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you have given you gave me, I have kept, and none of them are lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Set them apart. Your word is truth. As you set me into the world, I have also sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they all also may be sanctified by the truth. And now he prays for us. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That they, are, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. I'm going to read that part again. You have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, 
that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Wow, come on. Ezekiel 47, when I was 20 years old, that scripture came to me. And the pastor told me, he said, what are you waiting on? Why don't you just jump in? He said, you, you're wading ankle deep, Eric. He said, why don't you just jump in? And I think that's a word for somebody this morning. Just jump in. But I want to tie it in with John 17. Because it was more about jumping in and doing the things of God. Now I understand that I need to jump in and allow God to love me even greater than I've allowed to in the past. And when I allow Him to, because it's really your choice. You can put Him at arm's length. You can say, you know what, I, I'm just going to keep you this far away. Or you can say, I want to be a lover of your presence, Lord. So you are a, you are a presence carrier. And there's others. The good news is today is that you can carry that love to others. So I'm just going to ask you, just put your hand on your heart this morning. And I'm going to pray that you'll just jump in deep. But more than just following God, but doing what the Father says to do. Being who the Father is and, and just releasing the love of the Father. So I'm going to ask you to have an encounter. I'm going to pray for you to have an encounter. So listen, if you don't want an encounter with this love of God, then you better not pray this prayer because the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And we say that right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we need to be baptized even more, immersed in your love today, God, that you will begin to show us, Lord, areas in our lives that we've, we've held at bay, that we've not jumped in, that we're walking ankle deep or knee deep. And we say just to jump in for your love, God. Just, uh, I say that you're going to allow the, the loving Father to pull you up, to pull you up close, to show you who you are and your identity and who you are in Him. And, how, and you're going to begin to see, you know, the, the, the seam seems to be face to face. You're going to be able to see face to face, cheek to cheek, that you're going to be able to see what He sees. But you're going to see yourself as a son, as a child, as royalty, as destiny, as a child of the most... My God, as a loving son of the great heavenly father. So we declare that you have many encounters, <laughs> many encounters of God's love right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we give him some praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for the worship team because we are lovers of his presence in here today. We are lovers of his presence in here today. We're going to... um. We're going to dismiss the kids this morning. We're going to shift into it. Why don't you get out of your seats, meet and greet somebody this morning. First through fourth grade, you guys are headed over to, uh, to, to the north side of the building.
Okay, just a few quick announcements before we turn it over to Darren and continue with what God has. Amen. Sierra, come up here. Sierra had an encounter with God this morning. Amen. She'll stand with you. Just want her to share. Um, the song that is called "This Is What You," this is what you do. He said to me, "I saw him on the cross, and he was smiling, and he said." Um, that's what I have done, and he said that I have died for all of you guys, that I have made you all with a special ability, and I saw um, 
staircases going up to the clouds, and I saw um, Tatum singing up the, up the steps, and I saw um, me doing all my flips up the steps, and I saw uh, my mom with um, precayers following her up the steps, and I saw Deborah or do, playing her trumpet up the steps, and I saw Jen Kelly classifying up the steps, and I saw Darren testimonying up the, testifying up the steps, and he said um, that I have gave you all special abilities, and you know that I have, but you just don't show that I gave you all the special abilities. The beginning of our youth revival. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you for sharing, Sierra. Wow. Okay. The other announcements don't seem so important. <laughs> so this is what I know. He's what's important. Um, so, just... Pray, pray at the polls back there. Just pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for the elections. Um, going to Riverside to bless the, the Riverside Indian School. They're going Thursday. If you want to go be a part of that, meet with the girls. Get with Pastor Sean. And everything else. Praise God. Tom and Linda. Michelle. Sorry, I just wanted to share something real quick, too. Um, when we were up on stage and we were singing and everything, um, I had my eyes closed, and I could see this picture, and it was, like, staticky, you know, like when you get the snow on the TV screen. And through this static, I could see an image, you know, but I wasn't clear. And so God was saying to me, this is you. This is how you see you. All this static is all of the things that I see wrong with myself. And so as I was watching this picture, it started to clear up. And I could see me, but I looked different. Like it was exactly how I am now, but I could see myself through God's eyes. And he showed me that he had put this antenna <laughs> on the TV, and he said, I am the receiver. You know, I'm the one who you look through that you see yourself clearly. So I just wanted to encourage everyone to put your antenna on today <laughs> so that you can see yourself clearly. Praise the Lord. Tom and Linda, where's Tom and Linda? There's Tom. I was looking all over, and you're right there on the front row. Man, that's the... How many times recently have we had people have visions of stairways back there and stuff? I don't know about you, but stairways to me means access, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. That's... It is... It's there, man. Fantastic. Here we go again, and it's coming down. Praise God. Uh, time to prepare tithes and offerings. New way to worship. I'm going to give you just a few moments to uh, do that. Uh, I want to tell you something. Everybody in here probably has sat around and watched these infomercials on TV. At one time or another, there's one out. I don't know. You guys might see it. There's P90X, this health thing, you know, I don't know what it is, but 
Here, here's a deal for you. What's that have to do with tithes and offering Virginia said? Here's what it has to do. Check this out. Try some T90X. T is in terrific. T, tithe for 90 days and expect. And <laughs> that's, that's not mine. I stole it from Mark Crow, and I'm sure he got it from somebody else. But try it. T90X. I, I heard that, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to just do that. I'm really going to just really keep track. Ooh, and uh, try it for 90 days. Tithe for 90 days and expect. Father, we just thank you right now that you're the giver of all good gifts. And we thank you, Father, that you give seed to the sower. We thank you, Father, for every promise that is ours. And we thank you, Father, for every mode and route of access to your glory. And we just ask right now that you bless the gifts and the givers, each one, Lord. Move this gift to its intended use for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. pieces to the ground I was all alone down here trapped beneath the atmosphere then I thought somebody called my name I spun around and caught a flame I gave in to a God I didn't know and now everything is falling into place a brand new life is calling
Hosanna by Joanna. I'm going to turn it over to Darren. Let's give him a great big warm welcome. Awesome. You can be seated. I want to just take a moment. Or, uh, <clears throat> won't you just stand with me for a second? You know, Tuesday night I was in uh, in Dallas at a meeting, and I, you know, had a a meeting with Dutch Sheets and. New York has really been on my heart, and I told him, I said, something's up with New York. Something's about to happen. I want you to pray with me. Father, we just, we ask for mercy right now. God, we know it's not your judgment. You put all your judgment on Jesus. God, we do intercede for that city right now we cry out for the people in the midst of this storm that is approaching God you've given us authority God you give us the right of protection God I know you spoke to me and even this morning I heard him say he was in the eye of the storm and so father I don't understand everything that means but we trust you And we say, what needs to happen in the midst of this? We say, have mercy on the people in New York. Have mercy on the people on the East Coast with this storm. Let your protection be over them. But let your exposure that needs to come through this storm, let it happen, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can be seated. You know, there's times you get things and you don't know what they mean. You just, just carry them. Um, I pulled out my phone a while ago because I just, you know, I just kept hearing New York, New York. And, um, actually, I called a pastor friend of mine about two months ago. I said, I got a word for New York. He said, what is it? I said, I don't know. So you don't always know. You just feel a pulling there. And so when I met with Dutch, I said, man, something's up with New York. I'd had a dream about it. <clears throat> and so I hadn't even been watching the weather, but then you know, I heard they, this morning I just looked on my phone and they've canceled the transit there in New York. And this storm is bearing in on the East Coast. And so you don't always know how to pray in those things. Once again, I'm not this prophet that believes in the judgment and it's God's judging, you know, because he can't. He put all his judgment on Jesus. He don't have any left. Did y'all know that? That's what it says. And so, I don't understand everything in this, but, you know, I heard him say he was in the eye of the storm, and he, and he did give me a word about exposure, and I don't know what that means. Okay. But i got to pray through some of that. But I just felt like we needed this to, to pray in agreement. Amen? Is that all right? Well, we got some exciting things. Um, Coming up, we're still planning on still planning on going to India in uh, in February. That's our plan. Um, we had planned on moving there, and um, the bad thing is, I was mowing my yard. Oh, it's weird. 
Anyway, that's inside. They, uh, but I was mowing my yard, and I heard God say, Sheila's not going. And I thought, what do you mean Sheila's not going? You know, sometimes God says something, and he don't explain himself. Y'all ever had that? <laughs> what do you mean Sheila's not going? I ain't hearing nothing. So I, I, I come in, and I tell her, I said, you might not want to hear this, but you're not going when I go. And uh, she didn't go this summer. I took 40 over this summer. We had an incredible uh, uh, time in, in Bizag, India. We went into a leper colony. Amazing. I didn't even know lepers still existed. Uh, the crazy thing is you go in thinking, boy, we're going to come in with power and healing. And the crazy thing is we found Jesus waiting on us. It was unbelievable, man. I mean, here you got lepers that don't have fingers and don't have hands and Part of their face is gone, and the love of Jesus that was in those people's eyes was amazing. It's simply amazing. I, it was so amazing, there was no words to pray. I've never been in a situation like that before. Because, you know, here in America, we're so conscious of how we look and, um, you know, and our bodies and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, you know, of course you wanted to pray for them to be healed. But it was like when you went to lay hands on them, there was so much God in them. It was like, and I don't know how to explain this, it was like it wasn't an issue if they got healed or not. They loved God so much, that was the priority. I, I'm telling you, I, I had never experienced anything like it. Um, instantly, nobody knew what to pray. Tongues just broke out. Everybody just started praying in tongues. Spirit of God just filled the room. And uh, <clears throat> angels started to sing with us. We started singing, and I mean, you could hear angels. I mean, we, we didn't know what to do. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been in ministry a long time. And that was the first time I just did not know what to do. I could not pray for anybody to be healed. No English words would come out of my mouth. Uh, we, we all just bawled. The prince of God. You know, sometimes God shows up. And he don't have to do it the way you think he needs to do it. And it was just incredible. I mean, uh, it, what was so wild is everybody's story was the same. We came out of there and everybody that went with us said, I've never experienced anything like that. Um, of course, we were a little um, apprehensive when you first go into a leper colony, you know what I'm saying? Um, where's Susan? Susan's daughter just... I lost it, dude. Because I want to tell you something, man. I mean, here I'm man of faith and power. You know, I'm ready to go in there. And but I'm telling you, you know, I, I was just kind of like, you're always afraid of what you don't understand. So I was a little apprehensive, you know. I'm just kind of walking in real, you know. I've never seen a leper before. I didn't know. And the first lady had no fingers and stuff on her face. And I mean, her daughter freaked me out. Y'all know Erica. She went by me, grabbed the lady's hand, started kissing it, and grabbed the lady and started kissing her. I just broke. I'm thinking, here I am being cautious in the next generation saying, excuse me, let me show you how to do this. There was no apprehension. She wasn't afraid of catching anything. She just was so full of love, she just said, get out of my way. Now, I don't know about you, but that was convicting. But you know what? That's good news. That's what the next generation's carrying. I'm just telling you, they really don't care what we think. 
See, y'all look at that as bad. Okay? But you take rebellion and God gets a hold of it. It's called revolution. See, you see a bunch of Saul's. God sees a bunch of Paul's. Encounters turns them around in a day. You know? I'm just excited I was on the steps. I don't know if the rest of y'all were at the bottom or at the top, but at least, you know, God's favorite was on the steps, right? No, I'm just kidding. You know, I, that, that, I saw that last night. I saw that over the building. And if you was here last night, you heard the word that there was going to be access for you to access. That's what she saw this morning. Isn't that amazing? You know, here I'm seeing it. Now the next generation is saying, now this is what's going to happen. We're going up and down. Huh? Oh, she wasn't here last night. Oh, she was. But I'm just telling you, that's what she saw. She was, saw, she was seeing that porthole that God's saying there's an open heaven here. And I don't know about you, but that's good news, you know. That, it reminded me of what Jacob, on Jacob's ladder where he woke up and shook him and said, man, God was here and I didn't know it. I don't want God to be here and not know it. Do you know the other thing is, you know, this is not my message, but you know the exciting thing about that story? Did you notice the angels ascended and descended? That means they were here to begin with. Do we have this idea they're in heaven, they come here? No, they're here. You may tell you something really scary. Eric's angel looks like Eric. Two of them. Y'all want scripture? Remember when Peter was in jail and they was praying for him? And he got out of jail and he went to the door? And he's knocking and Rona answered. And Rona went and said, hey, Peter's at the door. And they said, no, Peter's in jail. It must be his angel. Well, evidently he must look like Peter. Okay. Because, I mean, she says, look, I see Peter at the door. They're going, no, it can't be him. It must be his angel. So evidently, your angel looked like All right. Open your Bibles with me to Luke. But um, so what happened is God spoke to me, and so I go in and I tell my wife, and um, we've had a couple words over our, well, Sheila says four, over my youngest daughter, that she'd have an opportunity to run in the Olympics. And... Uh, uh, the last prophet come in and said, you'll run internationally. And so we got a phone call that day from uh, some friends of ours, and, and she is, uh, she's trainer. She's a trainer. And um, her, her husband was a professional football player for the Green Bay Packers. And, and uh, our daughter and their daughter are really close, and they got the words together uh, by a couple prophets. And um, so she calls and says, I, I want an opportunity to train your daughter. Said we're going to Australia um, this summer, and we want your daughter to go. She has to be accepted, but we want her to go, and I want a chance to train. Her. And so she uh, she's already set three state records in the state of Oklahoma, and so we sent her stuff in, and she got accepted. And so um, now she'll be running in Australia this summer, and it's an opportunity for her to be trained and to say, okay, do you want to go for this? Because it's, it's going to be work. You know, I don't know if you've ever trained for the Olympics. Probably not. But it becomes a job. Okay, and so what we wanted to do is say, look, this is what God has said. Now you get to choose. We're not going to make you do it. But it would be a good idea to go that direction. 
So we knew with that that um, she wouldn't be able to leave and go to India in February. So we're just like, all right, God, what are you doing? And of course, we're making our plans, but we still own two homes. I mean, you just can't leave those and go. And so, you know, I told people, I said, look, we're making our plans and God's directing our steps. We're already there. We already have 10 interns there. I actually sent another one yesterday. We're supposed to send two, but one of them stayed back just to hear God and see exactly when she's supposed to go. And then we had some more going with us in, in February. So um, God's working there. It's incredible. We're already a part of a, a, an orphanage in, in Trichinopoly. Got 70 young people there. Uh, we have an, had another one in uh, Bizag, had 50 there. Um, in India, you, you can get visas, but you stay six months, you have to leave. My daughter knows this well. She stayed longer than six months. That's why she's been stuck in India, but she's in America now. I'm sure she just landed in Dallas. And so um, they have to leave for two months, so they moved. They went to Sri Lanka. And so they're setting up a base in Sri Lanka. There's about 20 of them in Sri Lanka and so you have to have a base somewhere besides India so you can go in and out because you have to leave every six months Does that make sense so there's a lot of strategy in in, in doing this you know and um, we're working with a, a pastor there pastor Bosker when I went over and preached for him he had 22 services on Sunday morning now he didn't preach them all if he did he'd just be a minute of service right the crazy thing is, I got up and prophesied and said, you'll have 44 within a year. I'm thinking, can I get them words back? Uh, they have 44 now. Amen? Now, you have to understand, India is a little different. Okay? There's no problem with the harvest in India. I'm telling you, man, you, you can go on the street corner and start preaching, they'll come. And I'm telling you, they'll walk three or four days just to get there. And they will not leave. You praying for them, they will not leave. You have to leave. They ain't going nowhere. It's not like America. See, in America, we've almost, we're kind of determined in choosing if we really need God or not. The neat thing about the Indian people is they, they understand they need God. They just don't know which one. And it's up to us to show them. So, you know, I was telling them last night, I, I got to go and preach in a place that had never seen a white man. That was exciting. You know, because you're, you're, you're going there and little kids are going, they never seen a white person. So guess what? I know people are going to be there just because I'm white. So you know what? I mean, what do you preach in India? I'm like, okay, you know, open your Bibles and we're going to preach the five steps of faith. And No, because one, I don't know what my interpreter is saying. I don't know if they're being accurate or not. Okay? So this is what I did. I said, all right, this is what we're going to do. Let's see whose God is real. Bring your sick. Bring your deaf. Bring your blind. Come on. And they did. So I'm on the stage, and I'm starting to prophesy, and his wife that was here last night, I mean, I, mean, I don't know how many people in the middle of this town is right beside a Hindu temple. Whew. I was like, yes, right beside this temple, man. God's about to show out. And it was like a spotlight come from heaven. It was, and it hit his wife. And she starts bouncing. Right? And she's holding the hands of a lady from India, and they're both bouncing. I'm not a smart man, but I know something was happening. <laughs> and I said, come here, and I got them on the stage. And I just handed her the microphone. Well, this lady was completely deaf and had never spoken a word. 
Her ears popped open, and she said, Jesus, just like that. How many knows the meeting was on? Now, listen, literally, you heard bones starting to pop and crack. When she gave her testimony, it was just miracles started happening. Just boom, 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 boom. Nobody praying for them. Nobody. God showed up. So I'll tell you something. Listen, we have got to get back to that kind of demonstration of who God is. You say, well, why does it happen over there? It's because you've got people that are desperate for God. Over here, we just go to the doctor. I'm not against doctors. Okay, now listen. I'm, I'm not against doctors. God gives wisdom. But I want to tell you something. Somewhere we got to get back to, wait a minute. Let's trust God first. All right, see, when I was growing up, I was the youngest of 13. So, you know, what, wasn't much hope you were going to go to the doctor. I mean, you cut your head, leg open, mama's going to say, in Jesus' name, amen, be healed. Couldn't afford no doctor. But, you know, you don't need a doctor when your mama, she raised a dog from the dead. I'm serious. Raised my brother from the dead, dead for 12 hours. You understand? I and mean, when you're raised like that, that's all you know. You know what your family is? It's a chance to practice the kingdom. Come on, your babies get sick, they got fever, guess what? Don't always go get medicine. Go in there and lay hands on them and pray for them. It's practice. Okay? So anyway, that, that's... That's where we're at with India, and we're, uh, we're excited about it. We know that God has given us influence in that nation. Um, Pastor Bosker's daughter, actually, she was, uh, this is a bad thing about hanging around with prophets, okay? She was in a relationship, and she was planning on getting married. And I don't do this much, okay? But when God says do it, I don't have a choice. And she was trying to go to ORU, and she kept getting turned down. And so God gave me a word. He said, that's not your husband, and you are going to ORU. So well, our visa's been, I don't care if your visa's been turned down. This is what God says. Well, she's at ORU now, and she didn't marry that guy. Now listen, I, I'm not a matchmaker, but when God says something, you know why? Because he was trying to interrupt the destiny and call on her life. And God said, I don't think so. So now she's at ORU and, and uh, doing some incredible things and being trained to help go back and win India. Amen? So open your Bibles with me. We're going to go into some things this morning. I, uh, I told them I woke up all through the night and I was mowing yards. So I'm not exactly what all that means, but I, evidently God wants to speak because when I get on a lawnmower, God speaks. Weirdest thing. I don't understand it, but if I can't hear God, just go get on a lawnmower. So I want to talk to you this morning. We're going to continue. This is a, a word that <clears throat> it's actually a chapter out of my book. So I was just praying, you know, where to go. And sometimes God takes me back to something. And I just felt like this is the word he wants to release to you this morning. And uh, so we're going to kind of go into this. So open up with me to Luke chapter 11. Now, I do want to qualify something that I said last night. When I was talking about father and father's responsibility to take care of you, I don't know if you heard this, but I didn't say you don't have to work. Okay? That's, if you heard that, that's not what I meant. What I'm saying is it's father's responsibility to provide for you. Okay? How many knows that father provided for Adam in the garden? But he still had to work. 
Hello. That was before the curse. See, it's in you to do something. All right, so uh, what I'm talking about in that is you don't have to stress. You don't have to strive. Actually, you can look at this and people can disagree, but you can repent and change your mind. In the book of Genesis where God created everything, on the sixth day, he created man, right? Or do you create something first? Right here. Before you build a house, you create it here. You see it here. But you notice he rested on the seventh day? And on the seventh day is when he formed man. Come on, let your wheels turn there. What does that mean? Most incredible thing that he ever made, he made it out of rest. Y'all act like, y'all look at me like you don't read your Bible. Read the book. That's what it says. It says that on the seventh day he rested. Then it goes on down and says, and he formed man out of the dust of the earth. That was out of rest. So guess what? Your work ought to be out of rest. Your relationship with God ought to be out of rest. It shouldn't be out of striving. It shouldn't be out of stress. You know why? Because when you find what God's called you to do and your purpose and your destiny, it's rest. Did you know I don't stress to get up and preach? I don't stress to give prophetic words. You know why? I just yield and let him do it. It's out of rest. See, when you get into striving and stress, and you know, you, you put yourself in that place where you're trying to make something happen. You don't have to do that. God more, is more than willing to show up. He just needs to let you let you just need to let him do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. So I've determined a long time ago. I don't come preach to you what I want to preach. I have to come and say, God, what do you want to say? Are you with me? Because I've got some favorite messages I'd like to turn loose on you. But I have to yield to God and say, God, what does the people need to hear? What do you want to say to them? Okay? Are you with me in Luke? Some of you over are looking and reading in Genesis. I like what David Roberson says. If you don't read your Bible at home, it's rude to read it while I'm speaking. Luke chapter 11, read this to you, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son, everybody say a son. Well, it's not talking about just anybody that asks. Hello. It's, it's not even talking about someone that asks to consume it on their own lust. Come on. Because, you know, you get people say, well, I tried that prayer. And I asked and God didn't do it. It's because you didn't come in alignment with what God's will is. See, if you ask consuming on your own lust, guess what? God's not just going to give you that. But actually, when you look at a son, you know what a son means? It means a builder of the family name. That's what a son is. A son is a builder of the family name. That's what Jesus was. Jesus was a builder of the family name. He represented God on the planet. He's a builder of the Father. So that's why when he asked something, it was in alignment with the Father. That's why he could say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Why? Because he's carrying my heart. See, the son carries the heart of the Father. The son knows the will of the Father. And so often we're asking for things that are out of the will of the Father. You say, well, how do I know what his will is? He sent you a book. 
You know, I ask people all the time, it's not that God don't want to give it to you. What are you going to do with it when you get it? Well, I don't know. Well, don't plan on getting it. Why would he give you a million dollars if you don't know what you're going to do with a million dollars? Hello. See, money follows vision. God wants to show you and give you destiny and purpose and you know, but I mean, if you start planning, hey, I'm going to build orphanages and, and I'm going to do drug rehabs and, and, you know, and I'm going to do youth centers and, and I'm going to feed the poor and all of a sudden God says, hey, I can give them because why? They already planned to be faithful and steward what I give them. Are you with me? Matter of fact, there's a parable that talks about the guy that went and buried his. Right? But you know, one that invested it and made more, he took the one that didn't have any and gave it to him. So if you want to bury yours, I'll take it. If you don't know what, what you're going to do, guess what? I know what I'm going to do. I got nations I'm going to reach. There's governments that's going to be turned over and shifted and changed. Are, are you with me? I want sons and daughters all over the planet. And listen, I don't want them to be orphans. You know, I use that word so you can identify, but we're not raising up orphanages. We're raising up sons and daughters' homes. Because I don't want them growing up with a mentality that they're an orphan and they're second class and, and we had to go rescue them. That's not what this is about. You know, we're going in there saying you were chosen. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're not an afterthought. And God wants you to operate in the kingdom. And I'm not your source. God is your source. I'm just here to plug you into Father and for Him to show you your value and your worth and why you're on the planet. And help them raise up businesses. Come on. You know, people, they think, oh, India is so poor. India's not poor. It's just got a high class and a low class. There's no middle class. And the corruption and stuff that's going on there. But how many knows you wouldn't change that? Matter of fact, India is what China was about 10 years ago. You know what that means? They're not always going to be a third world nation. They're on their way to being a superpower. And y'all know as well as I do, some, the Indian people are some of the most smartest people on the planet. Go to the hospitals and go to a doctor. Guess who's there? Indian doctors. You know why? Man, their colleges over there, they blow our colleges away. I've been there. I know what they teach. I'm like, oh my gosh. I wouldn't have got out of high school. I mean, they, I mean they're strict. And, and you know what? You know what they're... See, in America... We have different outs. You know what that means? It means if you go into the hood, all right, one of the biggest ways for them to get out of there is what? Sports. Okay? You know what the out is in India? Knowledge. Every kid you talk to, you know what they want you to pray for? Pray for my schooling. You know what? That's how they get out of the system. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? That's not a bad thing. I mean, it's a nation that's ready to be reaped. Okay, well, I got a few people that's on my side, right? <clears throat> if a son asks for bread from the father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then be an evil, everyone say, if I then be an evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask now i want you to I, I'm, I'm premising this but i want you to understand that 
God is good. And we know this all the time. Our circumstances don't dictate whether God is good or not. Your experience doesn't dictate where God is good or not. Hello? See, we let our experiences say, well, God didn't come through. How do you know God's not done? See, a lot of times we think and we find ourselves in the disappointment of the experience when God's wanting to turn the experience around. He's real good at bringing something that was dead back to life. He's real good at shifting emotions. He's real good at taking despair and turning it into joy. Sickness, turn it into health. Poverty and turn it into riches. I mean, he's good at it if, he'll, if you'll give him the opportunity to do it. But how you see it determines everything. Here's, a, here's a, a, a passage here, and I want to show you that he said, if you seek. Now, sometimes that makes me angry in my walk with God because I feel like we're playing a game. Y'all know the game. Hide and go seek. But how many knows in that game, everybody that hides is meant to be found? Come on, it ain't fun if you're never found. Right? And it's almost like God's hiding and you're over here looking. He's going, woo over here. And you're kind of walking, you say, say that again. Right? Say that again. woo What's he doing? He's trying to get you to come after him. He's trying to get you to look for him. It's not that he doesn't want to be found. He's wanting in your heart to find out, why are you seeking me? Why are you wanting to hear me? What are you wanting from me? I'm good, but it's the process of seeking him that purifies that when you find him, your heart is ready to receive what he has for you. Come on, did y'all hear that? I mean, those, uh, Joseph was a seeker. But how many knows there was a process for him to go through to get where God wanted him to get? See, everybody likes to find him. Everybody likes the promotion. We just don't like the process. But the process is necessary or he can't trust us with what he wants to give us. So he has to put us through situations to say, can I trust you with what I want to give you? It's already yours. But can he trust you with it? In other words, are you mature enough to handle it? I, I've said this before. I said at one time, I said, God, why don't I have more money? He said, you can't handle it. I said, let's fix that problem. <clears throat> now, be careful when you do that because a test is coming. Now, I've been in situations where God said, give that person $10,000. I'm thinking, I rebuke you, devil. You know what that is? It's a test. It's a test. Y'all done getting quiet. You know, I've, I've told stories where, you know, somebody's given me cars before. I've, you know, someone gave me a Cadillac. Somebody's given me this. Why didn't nobody ever give me a Cadillac? How many Cadillacs you gave away? You see, I've given away over 20-something vehicles. Not so I could get one. I heard a guy preaching one time, and he talked about giving a car away. And my heart jumped, and I said, I want to do that. Now, I was making $181 a week. But the want to moves you into the how to so that you get to. But it starts with the want to. And God said, God, I want to. 
Hello. So he moved me into the how-to. And it never looks good. <laughs> I had my car up for sale. This lady calls me. How much you want for it? God said, give it to her. All right, God, would you confirm that? So I call her son. I said, you know, your mom's, you know, is asking how much I want from a car. Um, how bad does she need a car? Well, all I know is she's driving down the road the other day and the door fell off. And she got a chain holding her hood. I said, that's enough. I'm sorry, God, for even asking. And I said, come get this car. It's yours, right? What am I saying? You've got to position yourself to obey him and whatever he says because it's not what he wants to give you or he's withholding from you. He's saying, can I trust you with it? Will you use it for the kingdom or will you use it just for yourself? See, God doesn't mind you having it. What are you going to use it for? I'm going to brag on Mark. He's here. There was a situation the other night, and we've been in all these situ situations, but <clears throat> there was a certain prophecy that came over us, and, and people were throwing money at our feet. And uh, his wife coming through a pretty good size amount at our feet. And him know that's pretty humbling when a son's given to a father. You know, it's, the father likes to give to the son, you know what I'm saying? And so I got home, and I, you know, I was pretty humbled by the amount, and I was like, son, are you sure? He's like, I know. But I understand when that kind of stuff happens, it's an opportunity for a blessing for him. Are you with me? So I started praying for him. And I started decreeing some things. Okay? Well, he was working up in Illinois. He wanted to get home. So I started decreeing, God, you're bringing him home. Are you with me? Well, he applies for a job, and he gets a job. Now he's in Dallas, and he's home every weekend. What he didn't know is right after he got the job, they started laying off people at his old job. He wouldn't even have a job. You understand what? See, even though he was a blessing for me, it was actually a promotion for him. Hello. See, God's always so much bigger doing something that you don't understand. This wasn't my message. But evidently, God's wanting to move in on this, okay? So you, you have to understand, you don't figure him out. When God speaks to me something like that, real quick I say, babe, this is what God said. You know why? Because if I don't, my brain will talk me out of what God said. Does practicality move in? Are you with me? God spoke to me this week about Dutch sheets and says, look, I want you to give him this much money. I want you to take it to him. And so I text him right then and I said, I need your address because I have money for you. I got the text. You know why I did it? Solidify it right there. Then my mind can't talk me out of it. I'm driving home from Arkansas, and my mind's saying, well, what if you give him this much? Because you didn't tell him how much he's going to give him. You just, my mind's already kicking in. Hello? And I said, oh, okay, I'm going to take it personally, you messing with me like that. Hello? I took it to him personally. Are you understand what I'm saying? You, you have to understand God will speak to your spirit and your soul will get involved and it will try to talk you out of it and keep your flesh from doing what your spirit said to do. 
And if you don't train yourself and hold yourself accountable, you will talk yourself out of it. And what you have just done, you've just lost the blessing. You've just failed the test. Let me give you an example. Y'all want an example? Wow. Anybody ever heard of Noel Alexander? Okay, good. He was in, he was in London preaching. And if you've ever been in London, London's, they're not very uh, generous in their offerings. They're very tight, okay? They just are, you know. Most of your kin folks are there, so don't feel bad. <clears throat> you know, we all come from over there, right, most of us? So anyway, he's preaching, and he, he you know, he was ministering in a lot of places, and, and you know, he, he, his offerings were not very much. Well, he went to this one place, and they gave him a whole bag of money. He was, like, freaking out, man. It was a big bag, and it was full. So he goes to get on the subway, and he's on this train, you know, and, he, and he's kind of reminiscing, going, man, God, you're so awesome. You know, I've just been working for you, and you, you just bless me, and all of a sudden the train stops, and you know, you got about, you know, sometimes a minute, 30 seconds, you know, it's not very long, you don't, that train's hooking him, right? And he looks out the window, and he sees this old man, looks like he's about 80 years old, he's jumped over like this, and you can tell he hadn't taken a bath in years. And people are like this, <clears throat> walking away from him, you know. I mean, the smell of urine, he could smell it from the window. He was just like, my gosh. You know, and he's like this, and he's kind of asking people for money like that, you know, just holding out his hand. And nobody's giving him any money. They're walking around him. And Noel says he looks up, and he hears, give the man the money. God, God, God that, that couldn't be you. I wouldn't. No one's going, nobody's even giving him any money. Now, he didn't say give him some of the money. He said, give the man the money. It came a second time. God, you know, and by this time, he's looking down. He's not even looking out the window. Like, God, that, that can't be you. I mean, you know, they don't pay very well over here. This is my, I mean, you just bless. Give the man the money. The third time he reached down, picked up the bag, he looked out the window, and the guy was right in front of his window like this. Never looked up. He put the bag out the window. He reached up, grabbed the bag, and said, Thank you, Noel. Turned around and walked off. That was an angel, in case you didn't know. And God spoke to him and said, Now I can trust you. And everything that I tell you to do in the kingdom, you will always have the money before I ever tell you to do it. He just passed the test. How many of those have we failed? Boy, it gripped me and I heard that story. I'm like, oh. you know why? Because our man would have kicked in. Man, what, you ain't, that can't be God. He wouldn't be telling me to give that money to that bum. Might not be a bum. Anyway, all right. So, ask this question, are you a seeker? In other words, when you don't know where God is, are you going to go find him? When everybody else don't get their questions answered, are you going to go find him? When nobody else knows what to do, are you going to go find him? Because he promises you something. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, Most time we quit seeking. We quit knocking. Are you with me? 
I'm going to show you some people in the Bible and give you some stories, and I'm going to do this real quick in 72 minutes. Just kidding. <clears throat> Luke chapter 19. Can I just preach the stories to you instead of reading them and y'all believe me that they're in the Bible? So I want to be legal, but come on. And hopefully you trust me. The story of Zacchaeus. Everybody heard of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Uh, y'all got any of those around here? We don't like tax collectors, right? Well, it was no different in those days. They didn't like tax collectors. But something was happening. Jesus was coming through their town and something was moving on Zacchaeus and he said, man, I, I, I'm going to see this guy. I want to see this Jesus. But, you know, he was a short guy, right? So somewhere he was coming up the road so he had to say, look, you know, I, he ain't going to see me in the middle of this crowd. I ain't going to be able to see him. So he runs up the road knowing where Jesus was going to come down that road, had to put out some effort and climbs a tree. Can you see this little man trying to climb this tree? And he gets up in this tree because he has decided, I'm going to see him. I'm going to seek him. I'm going after him. His heart is going towards God. And here, people are around Jesus everywhere. They're touching him. They're trying to get communication from him. And he's walking, and all of a sudden, he stops and says, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I'm going to your house today. How many knows there were a lot of people around Jesus was not very happy? Now watch what happened. His heart started going after God, seeking him. It stopped God in the middle of the road, and God identified him by name. And it made everybody around mad because he's a tax collector. How many knows you don't go to a tax collector's house? Not only that, but when he went to his house, what happened? Salvation came to his house. Repentance came to his house. And he said, if I have done anybody wrong, this is how much more I'm going to give them back. Now, you know that had to be God. What caused that to happen? His heart was seeking him. Are, are you hearing me? He had made a decision. Even where he was at, he wasn't going to let... Ma'am, you're not leaving, are you? The lady in the blue, are you leaving? Because i got a word for you. Come here, let me... I've got you before like that, didn't I? Come here. Let me pray for you. There's a healing you need in your body. You walked by me a while ago and God says, I want to heal her. You still work at Walmart? Father, in Jesus' name, come on, just reach out to her. God, I release healing into her body right now. I command where there's been frailty, I command even when there's been an attack against her mind, even with her future and her finances, God, I speak strength into her bones. I speak a new life into her blood. And I say healing is her portion. It belongs to her. And God, I say settle some things in her future that has caused her to be in worry and fret about even economic situations. God, I pronounce blessings that will come from, to her even from a new resource, God, I bless her today. And I say healing belongs to her. And God, I say even in the disorder that is in her blood, that there is a healing in her blood today. And a new cell structure that is being produced. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, you can go in peace now. You'll tell a difference. So you have to understand, he made a decision. 
He made a decision to go after God, and that decision stopped God. Let me ask you something. Does your seeking stop God? Come on, are you with me? How about this one? A lady was sick. She spent everything that she had. She had an issue of blood. Twelve years, she spent everything. And so then she decides, I'm going to put my life on the line. Do y'all know that's what she did? Because you have to understand when you have an issue of blood, if you're going to come into the city, you've got to cry out, unclean, unclean. If you don't and they find you, they stone you. So this lady had to determine she heard Jesus is coming through town. So she decided, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch his garment, because she understood something. She understood who he was. She understood he was a priest. She understood the anointing that resided in the priesthood. She understood that the oil that they would pour over the priest would get into the priest's garment. And she just said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I know who he is. I know healing resides in him. I don't have to have him to pray for me. If I can just touch that garment, I'll be healed. She decided, I'm going to put my life on the line. What do I got to lose? I'm dying anyway. Come on. I got to find him. And so can you see her? The crowd is around. She's on her hands and knees. Remember, she's supposed to cry out unclean. Dust being kicked up in her face. And she's going through the crowd crawling. Getting in a strategic place that when he walks by, she can reach out. And he walks by. She reaches out and touches him. And virtue flows out of him into her. Who healed who? And this is what he said. Who touched me? And they're going, are you crazy? People are touching. No, 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 no. Somebody touched me. Not with their hand. They touched me with their heart. They touched me with faith. They know who I am. Somebody just made a withdrawal on the deposit that's in me. Watch it. And that thing identified, watch this, what her ailment was. You know you can touch God. You don't even have to tell him what's wrong. He knows. And you touch God, you have the right to pull the virtue out of him for what you need. And it healed her. And it stopped him in his tracks because he recognized somebody knows who I am. Somebody made a deposit. Did you know you determined the prophetic? You determined miracle signs and wonders. Well, I'm talking about with India. That's why it's so easy in India. Because they're pulling on it. They're in desperation. I go to churches all the time and they say, you know, I went to this service over here and I'll, we want you to minister like that. I said, I, I don't determine that. The people determine what happens in services. Y'all do know that, don't you? Do you know the praise and worship don't determine the atmosphere? Now they go and they worship. They're Levites. They're going to worship whether you do or not. But if you enter in, it'll create an incredible atmosphere. But it's up to you. See, we're used to being entertained. Hey, Tatum, entertain us. Let's see how good you are today. Oh, she'll meet with God, and you get to watch. Hello. But see, when you make a choice to enter in with her, everything changes. You create an atmosphere that people walk in this place and get healed. People walk in this place and have visions and see steps up to heaven. Hello. That's what was happening this morning. There was an, there was an entering in of the people. You could feel it creates an atmosphere in that atmosphere anything can happen healing happens salvation happens deliverance happens creative ideas for business happen 
Millionaire ideas happen. Come on, I was ministering one time, stepped off the platform, looked at this guy and says, God's going to give you a million dollar business. He already was a millionaire. I'm thinking in my mind, won't you give that to somebody else? I don't look at the giving in our church. Do you know what? He was the biggest giver in our church. Let me tell you something that's crazy. He wasn't even born again. He was the biggest giver in our church. He wasn't even born again. God gave him a million, another million dollar business two months after that. Hello. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Why would God do that for a sinner? Well, y'all think Mitt Rodney's a Mormon, but I'm going to tell you something. That man's born again. He's born again. I don't care what you think. I know he's born again. He's had an encounter with God. Did y'all know there's Catholics that are born again? There's Hindus that are born again. Hello, they've had encounters with God. They just don't know what to call it yet. I've met them. See, we, 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 what do we do? We judge the outside. God says, I look at the heart. That, that's what God tells us. Quit, quit judging people by, know them by the Spirit. I had this guy. He's a good friend of mine, man. And uh, I, I was ministering for him. And Glenn Beck was on TV. Y'all know who Glenn Beck is? Anyway, he goes, man, I just feel sorry for him. That Mormon's going to hell. And I said, excuse me, he's not going to hell. Yes, he is. He's a Mormon. I said, that man's born again. He said, what do you mean? I said, God spoke to me. That man is born again. And then I got a friend of mine that talked with him, and he told him he had an encounter with God, and he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And we got preachers going around going, oh, that poor guy's going to hell. He's not even. You know why? Because he says he's a Mormon. And so we go, well, there you go. Said it out of his own mouth. He's a Mormon. Are, are, are you understand what I'm saying? They can be deception in the heart, be right, and they be with God. The thing is, maybe he don't know what else to call it. But the issue, he had an encounter with Almighty God, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Come on, are you with me? He said, well, I don't believe everything they believe. Well, you don't believe everything charismatics believe. Come on, we can't all agree on anything and everything. That's what I talk to, talk to the men. We don't have to be in agreement with everything. To walk together you know how you know that you won't stay married if you you know what I determined I want relationship instead of being right I found that out a long time ago I much rather have relationship we can disagree but I'd rather have relationship with my wife than being right I'll be stubborn for the first day and then all right I've had enough you're right need wisdom that's right that's why I told the men, you know what a prophetic word is? is what your wife told you three days ago. <clears throat> what about this one? This guy's coming through town. Jesus is, and, and here's this guy. We know him as Blind Bartimaeus, right? Blind Bartimaeus has this garment. This garment gives him the right to beg because he's blind. It identifies to the people that you're blind. So people come by and give you money. And he hears a commotion because he can't see. He says, hey, man, what, what, what's going on? I said, well, Jesus, he's, he's coming to town, right? What's blind Bartimaeus doing? Watch this. This is incredible. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And they're going, shut up. Shut up. Brian, shut up. He gets louder. Jesus! Son of David! Can you imagine Jesus? He's walking. Got his entourage. And people are going, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's that guy. That's that healer. That's that. He does crazy stuff. He believes he's God. And he's just walking through the town, and he hears, son of David. And he goes, somebody knows who I am. Somebody has heard the law and the prophets that prophesied that the son of God would come through the lineage of David. And somebody is making a demand on my identity. And it stops him and says, go get that boy. Watch this. When blind Bartimaeus gets up, you know what the first thing he does? Leaves that garment. <laughs> he said, I have just identified God, and now he's about to identify me. I am blind, but I ain't coming back. I ain't going to need this anymore because I've made a demand, and he has answered, and my life's about to ever change. He ain't going to need that garment no more because he knows I'm not going to be blind anymore because he knows son of David is going to die on the cross for not only his sins, but he will, what, shed his blood. He'll be bruised. He'll take those stripes. I don't have to be blind. That's what son of David meant. So here they bring him to him. Here's Jesus. You know Jesus got a sense of humor. You know somebody had to bring him because they couldn't see. He couldn't see. So they bring him up. He said, what you want? I'm blind. See what Jesus was doing? He wasn't just asking him, do you want me to heal? Do you really understand who I am? Do you, have, do you understand the full package here? Guess what? He was healed wholly. What does that mean? Totally. Transformed. He didn't just get his eyes open. Matter of fact, he went with him praising and celebrating who God was. I'm not blind Bartimaeus anymore. I've just been transformed. I'm a son. I can see, not just physically, but I can see spiritually. And I guarantee you, he became a preacher. He might not have had a pulpit, but I guarantee you, he started decreeing who Jesus was and what just happened to him. So I'm going to give you some advice. When you get to heaven, don't look for blind Bartimaeus. Because he ain't blind Bartimaeus no more. Come on. It's sad that we remember people like that. It's sad we remember Thomas as Doubt and Thomas. No, Doubt and Thomas became Thomas that touched India and turned some things upside down and become a martyr for Jesus Christ. Come on, we identify people sometimes in their weakness before they've experienced God's goodness. Hello. Why? Because somebody identified. Watch this. Anytime you identify God, he's about to give you back more than what you just gave him. He's a God of multiplication. He's a God that always adds to you. That's why the most important thing for you in life is how do you see God? If you see him as distant, he's going to be distant. It's determined on how do you see it. Where's the breakthrough that needs to come in your life? That's the first thing that needs to break through. How do you see God? He's good. When is he good? All the time. 
Does it matter what I'm going through? Does it matter my circumstance? He's about to change it. He's about to turn it around. I'm about to get promoted. And you see somebody else get promoted, you're not mad. You're saying, I'm next. If he did it for you, he's about to do it for me. Hello? See, it's how do you see it? You see, we get upset and get jealous and get mad. Well, God ain't never done that for me. Well, you're showing me why. How about this one? This is one of my favorites. I'm going to read the last one to you, but I've got four minutes. Um, here's the last one of them. He goes, she, Jesus is trying to hide. That's why I love this hide and seek. Well, he's tired. He literally goes into a house of his disciples and hides. But there's a problem. There's a woman out there. And this woman is not seeking him for her own needs. She's seeking him for, his, for her daughter. Are you with me? This is not a Jew. This is a Gentile. Jesus didn't come for the Gentiles. He only came for the Jews. He only preached to the Jews. Because he came to the people, his own people that knew the law. The Gentiles didn't know the law. Come on. So he had to come to fulfill the law and the prophets. Are you with me? He even told his disciples, don't go to anybody except the lost house of Israel. So this is very uncommon for this to happen. So this is a Gentile woman. But the issue is the Gentile woman has revelation of the future. And she's not going to settle for her circumstances that she's in because she has revelation of the future and has an understanding that I can bring the future into my time. You heard the word of the Lord this morning. What time is it? Well, he hadn't died yet. He hadn't shed his blood yet. The Gentiles hadn't been given the gospel yet. But this woman ain't got time to wait for that because she's got a daughter that needs help now. So she's determined, I know who you are, and you are the God that died before the foundation of the world. So listen, I can't wait on that time. I'm in my time, so I'm going to pull you into my time. So she interrupts his rest and says, hey, this is what I need. And he looks at her and says, should I give the children's bread to a dog? And y'all would have said, God just called me a dog. I'm out. Call me a dog. You know what she said? Even the dogs get the crumbs. And Jesus went, my gosh. No such great a faith have I seen in all Israel. Your daughter's been made whole. Who did, watch this, who did the healing? Jesus or her? Hello. Her faith did it. Why? She identified him. She knew who, she, who, who he was. And she pulled what he was going to do in the future for Gentiles into her time and said, I need it now. That's called time travel. Watch this. The centurion did the same thing. Centurion was a Gentile. And he comes up to Jesus and he says, I know who you are. Begley translation. I know who you are. I got a servant that's sick. He said, yeah, I'll come to your house. No, I'm a man under authority. I'm in the military. I give a word. That word's carried out. I understand who you are. You don't need to have to go to my house. Just give the word. My servant will be healed. Jesus goes, my gosh, a Gentile understands and identifies who I am when my own people don't know me. He said, your servant's been made whole. Just sent the word. Why? He understood authority. He understood who he was. See, you identify God, he identifies you. Come on, are you understand what I'm saying? It reached out and grabbed him. Two Gentiles is the two people that Jesus said, not so great a faith have I found in all of Israel. Two Gentiles. Wasn't their time yet. Pulled what they needed into their time. 
you know, I go to places and go to conferences and people say, well, you know, God has a time for everything. I said, yep, mine's now. I'm serious. I'm just like, look, man, I am first in line. If it's a healing, my time's now. If it's a financial blessing, my time's now. You know why? Because Galatians says the fullness of time has come. You know who the fullness of time is? His name is Alpha and Omega. And in the fullness of time, the Alpha Omega was sent into the earth into our time. So if the fullness of time, which is the beginning and the end, was sent into our time, guess what? Our time has to shut up and listen to his time. Believe me, Joshua knows. Joshua's saying, hey, I don't have time. Sun stands still. Wrong prayer. Heart was right. Guess what? Bam. Stayed daylight so him to finish what God told him to do. See, your heart can be right and pray the wrong prayer. God will still answer you. We know the sun don't move. It's the earth for some of y'all that don't know what I'm talking about. Prayed the wrong prayer. How many knows you got it answered? Why? Because the person that lives outside of time entered time. So guess what? I'm going to answer you. It's my time. I don't know about everybody else. But it's my time. For promotion, it's my time. For blessing. For favor. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? It's your right as a son. It's your right as that scripture to say, listen, if I'm asking, and it's in alignment with his will, guess what? I'm going to get it. I'm not going to get it then. I'm already got it. I'm engaging in it, and now it'll manifest. See, your faith is what manifests in the now. I'm not talking about just name it, claim it stuff. Now listen, you can do that till you're purple in the face and never get anything. I remember growing up, he was like, oh yeah, I got a Cadillac, I got a Cadillac, I got a... I said, give me a ride. Well, you know, you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. Give me a ride. Well, fake it till you make it. No, that's, that's, that's junk. I'll be honest. I'm not being mean. That's junk. Don't fake it till you make it. You've already made it. Move into the revelation of who you are and the spiritual will always manifest in the physical. If you've touched it in the spirit, the spirit is the higher law. Come on, that's why you need to be broken of this condemnation stuff. Why? Because the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has set you free from the law of sin and death. You don't have to have condemnation anymore. But see, it depends on how you see it and what you're going to walk in. Let me give you this last one and we'll end this up, okay? I want to read this one to you, John. It's my favorite. Y'all have favorites? I'm God's favorite. You don't believe me, just ask him. I hear it all the time. I don't like to play, do you? John chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone that had been taken away from the tomb. One, Jesus had died. Their, their hopes had been crushed. They didn't really believe he was going to die. Y'all know that, right? Would you believe he's going to die? You've seen him raise a guy from the dead who's been dead four days. You've seen him heal lepers. You've seen him do all kinds of miracles. You know they were standing there going, he's coming down from there. He ain't going to die. They can't kill him. That's the son of God. We know. Because they didn't understand what he was telling them that he was going to be resurrected. They didn't get it. They didn't believe yet. I'll prove it to you in a minute. Did you notice when she went looking for him? When it was still dark. When you can't see. When you don't know where he's at. Hello. When she was in mourning. When the emotions were running going, I don't understand this. I don't know what's happened because I didn't know this was going to happen. This is not the way I thought it was going to be. But she pushed past those emotions and she got up while it was still dark and saying, I don't know how I'm going to find him. 
but I got to go find him. I got to go look for him. I got to seek him. I know they're saying he's dead. And it doesn't make any difference. I got to go find his body because you have to understand. You don't know who I was when I found him. You don't know how he changed my life. You don't know how I'm not the same person. If the least I can do is at least go anoint his body. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't believe that he's gone, but I know what he did in me is not gone. I'm not the same person, and I'm not going to listen to what everybody else has said. I'm still going to look for him. People may say that he don't heal. I don't care. I'm going to look for him. So she goes up and goes looking while all the apostles of the day are still in bed. All the great men of faith are still in bed. And a woman gets up. I know men, y'all don't like this, but that's all right. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a woman. Just smile and bear it. See, Paul says in the kingdom there is no male or female. I know y'all don't like this, but it's the biggest prejudice that our nation deals with and our world deals with. We want to make it about racism. I'm going to tell you something. The first one started in the garden between a man and a woman. It's the biggest one we still deal with. Men, close your eyes for a second. Y'all still want to blame it on the woman, just like Adam. Hello. I hear people all the time, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to punch Eve right in the nose. What she done? Thinking, really? Well, let me show you the first thing a woman did that a man didn't do. Y'all want to see it? All right, I'm going to hurry. Verse 9. Hang on, let me back up and show you this. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said to them, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they've laid him. So she went there, he's gone. So she runs back, wakes up the apostles and says, hey, get up, he's not there. And Peter therefore went out and the other disciple were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. So if you don't know who the other disciple is, that's John. They both run into the tomb, Right? And him stooping down, looked in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. That was John. John stopped at the tomb, looked in. Then Peter came following him, so John's faster than Peter. Just saying. <clears throat> then Simon Peter came following and went into the tomb. In other words, John stopped Peter and said, uh-uh, I'm going all the way in. Where are they? I'm going to find him, right? His linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in the place by itself. Then the other disciple who came into the tomb first went in also and saw and believed. Uh-oh. When did they believe? When they saw that he was not there. Watch this. Then they believed, for as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. So when did they believe? When they went to the tomb and see it was empty. That's when they remembered and believed what Jesus told them. With me? Then the disciples went away to their homes. Can you get that? He's gone. The great men of faith are there. He's gone. And they said, yeah, he's gone. It's just like a man, practical. He's gone. Let's go home. But not Mary. Mary said, I came here looking for him. I'm not leaving till I find him. There was something pushing her. Are you with me? She wasn't satisfied. Reminds me of my mama when I would come home from doing stuff I shouldn't be doing and walk in the door. God, you said he would be a preacher. Mama, leave me alone. Boy, I saw you tonight. 
What was you doing on the back of that motorcycle? Bought, Mama, I was just running around, just having fun. Well, why did you have an egg in each hand? Uh, I was going to cook breakfast. No, she knew. Why? Because she would pray and God would show her stuff. Guess what? You better thank God for praying women in your life. Most of us are here because of praying women. Because you know what? When a woman gets on something, you men know. She ain't letting up. Especially if it has to do with her babies. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know it's the truth. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and she wept and stooped down and looked into the tomb. Now, she knew he wasn't in there. Now, look what happens now. And she saw two angels in white. Where were they at before? They were probably always there. But the apostles are in a hurry. She stays around. Then she looks in, and there they are. Watch what happens. They were at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain, and then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Now when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know it was Jesus. So they're asking her a question. She turns around and sees Jesus, but she don't know it's Jesus because he's disguised himself. All right? Jesus said to her, woman, here's the question again. Why are you weeping? And what's this? And whom are you seeking? Come on, do you get the question? Whom are you seeking? Watch what she does. She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, you better tell me where he is or you're about to get a whooping. Y'all know she was aggressive. You know she was. So Jesus says, Woman. You see that? Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she thinks he's the gardener, says, where's he at? Where have you taken him? Her true motivation of her heart comes out. And Jesus says, Mary. She says, Master. Come on, are you with me? See, he identified her seeking heart and said, Mary. She knew who it was. See, there's several times that Jesus disguises himself in Scripture, and I asked him, I said, why did you disguise yourself? If you want to be made known to us, why would you hide yourself? He said, Darren, during that time, they knew my face. He said, I had to train them to know my voice because I wasn't going to be with them. I was going to be in them. Come on, are you with me? Now, I want you to get this, and I'm done. She looks at him, and he says, don't touch me. I've not ascended yet. Now Zacchaeus stops him on the road. Blind Bartimaeus stops him on the road. The woman with the issue just touches his garment. The two Gentiles have such great a faith, they know who he is and pull it into their time when it's not available for them. But Mary stopped his ascension. From hell to heaven. Wow. Did y'all? Wow. Her heart was so seeking him. He is being translated. The Holy Spirit is taking him back to heaven. Watch this. With the keys of death and hell. And can you imagine? He's being separated from his father. In hell. 
And now he's about to be translated, and on his way, there's a woman seeking him. And he's going, excuse me, I'll be there in a minute. There's this woman down there that's looking for me. And she's pulling on me so hard, I can't leave the earth until I talk to her. Daddy, I love you and I'm on my way, but we created them to be like us. She loves me so much, I got to stop my ascension to tell her I'm alive, that I'm not dead, that I still love her. My promises are still true. Wow. You women ought to be screaming, wow. A woman preached the first kingdom message that was ever preached to the great men of God. You know what it was? She comes back to them and said, he's alive. I've seen him. Can you imagine them going, you know, she's always been a little on the radical side. And he told me to tell you he's coming. He's going to prove it to you. He's alive. <laughs> For the next 40 days, he shows up talking to them and giving them things about the kingdom. And you know, you can see Peter and you can see John. They're talking about stuff, right? And man, God showed up, you know, and we're, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. You know, and even though we were, you know, discouraged and didn't really know that if he was going to be raised from the dead, Mary goes, She didn't have it. You know. Because, you know, they would, Peter would like to have said, you know, but, you know, I talked to God and he told me and now he told me to come tell you. No, he had to say, you know, really, we didn't understand this and God talked to Mary. And he told her and she told us. And now we're excited because we've seen him. Come on, y'all know. That's what seeking God will do. That's what a son on the earth has a right to do. Watch this. This is before they got born again. And now you're born again? And you think you don't have the right to get God to show up for you? You think he doesn't care? When these people in their time thought he was dead. Her seeking so identified him that he identified her and said, Mary, it's me. My promises are still true. She preaches the first kingdom message about who God is. So what are you going through? It doesn't matter. If you'll seek him, you'll find him. He's closer than you think. If you'll knock, it'll be open. He wants to invade your life. He wants to invade your dream life. He wants you to have encounters. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? I know I'm just going a little bit long, but I'm telling you, I know there's an anointing on this word this morning. This is the word that I woke up. I had a whole message planned on Abraham. And God said, no. This church is in a place right now that this is available for them. That What I saw, this girl confirmed it this morning, what I saw last night here, you know how you get it? God, you said. You said this was available. You said the stairs are there. You said the porthole from heaven 
to bring heaven to earth. It's available for us, and I want it. I want my portion. I want my revelation. I want my healing. Listen, God, I want my resources because I have vision what I'm going to do with it. See, you determine it. You're a son. You're a co-heir. You have right to it. Amen. Will you stand up, ma'am? God wants to give you a voice to your generation, but He's not going to do it through the church. You're an incredible singer, and you can do those things, and those are not bad. But He's going to give you a voice to ones that don't know. And it's going to be a different sound, and it's going to be a different kind of music. And at first, there'll be ones in the church going, Well, I don't know about that. But God says, Your heart, keep it pure. And protect the anointing that I have placed on your life. And your face will be caught by television cameras. And what's in your heart for success is me, says the Lord. But you're going to have to protect it because they would want to take you in a wrong direction. And they'd want to merchandise you. They'd want to merchandise your anointing. They'd want to merchandise your face. They'd want to merchandise what I have placed on the inside of you for favor for your generation. God says protect it. And watch how I'll promote you and put you in places, not only in this nation, but other nations, where you'll have a testimony to your generation and lead them in the right direction. There's a fight over your destiny right now. And even some things you're doing with singing, some of that, it, it, it's not that it's your, not your heart, but it's you, you want to please your parents, and that's good. But I'm telling you, there's a radical spirit in you, and God wants to temper it. He's going to have to let your pat your 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 father and your mother uh, give you guidelines in it but God says if you'll protect it the desires that I put in your heart are really me I've put them there it's not just your desires it's not just your dreams but I saw you have an influence with Hollywood I saw God opening a door for you but it is very dangerous because of the power that Hollywood has to take young people in the wrong direction and merchandise them for the wrong kingdom and God says, if you'll set boundaries in your life and let your parents protect it, God says, I'll give you a voice to your generation and you'll make an impact for the kingdom. God, I bless her with the word of the Lord this morning. And I say, show them. Show them how to protect her. Show them how to keep her from being merchandised and how purity would be her portion. And that you would use her to be a voice. I bless her with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't y'all stand up? Just let me pray over you real quick. I know I went a little bit long, but I, you know, I really felt the anointing was going to be on the preaching this morning. We did a lot of prophecy last night. But I want to challenge you with this word. You have to understand, when I come to places, I, I don't just pull out messages. Okay, I have to come and pray and say, God, what are you saying to this church? If, if, if you can get a message, you need to get the message today and listen to it over and over and let God speak to you individually what he's saying to you. I just got a couple. Ma'am, would you come real quick? Yeah. Trying to quit, but I was going to give a couple before I go. <clears throat> God says there's a stirring that's happening in your heart. And God says part of that is you're, you're feeling pressure. But God says I'm enlarging you. It's pressure upon coal that makes a diamond. And God says, I'm allowing this pressure in this season because he's enlarging you and he is wanting to bring you forth to shine like you've never shown before. There's secrets that God wants to reveal to you. 
God says your heart is in a place that I'm wanting to take you to a place of face to face where mysteries will be found and revelation will abound. It belongs to you and it will come down and flow in a different way. For God says, as you trust me, I'll show you even starting today. It belongs to you and it was stolen from you when you were a very young girl. But now restoration has come and healing is your portion. And now he is setting you and preparing you for your future in the days ahead. Trust him and watch what looks like was dead. I'm resurrecting it and I'm bringing life. And sir, get ready, I'm giving you a new wife. It will be different than it's ever been before. For God says, you've been knocking, and today I open that door. God, I release it over her and bless her with the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> There's an intercession that's on her that she carries even for the church. She'll birth things for the church to see things. She'll see things before they happen. So there'll be times she'll come and tell y'all things. Listen, because God's going to show her things in the spirit. Amen. Father, I bless your people, and, and, and let me... Um, much stress but I don't understand this but God says I'm buying you a new dress you're going to see yourself different than you've ever seen yourself before God says because you are standing before a new door you've been knocking and I'm opening it up God says now I want to fill your cup what looks like went a different way God says no 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 now it's a new day what looked like passed you by God says, now it's in my hand. Trust me. Give me a try. Let me show you what I'm about to do. For as the word of the Lord said, it's all brand new. Come on in. Don't look back and say, well, what about that? God says, don't you understand? They can't get away. They belong to me. I'm promising you that this day. It's not that you're leaving them behind. Just go ahead and lead and watch what I turn around. I'll put it in a brand new place as you choose to walk with me face to face. God, I release it over her. I claim her family in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I bless your people. I thank you for the word of the Lord today. And I release a new season upon them and your favor in Jesus' name. Amen. I was I was asked to uh, take up an offering for Pastor Darren. Um, offerings are real simple for me. I know that there's a lot of different scriptures and things that you know, support, and that's fine, but. I was taught by my father, Darren, and, and I feel like God's given me some other stuff. It's real simple. It's just, God, what do you want me to give? Um, my life 